Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Vicki Higgins. Vicki is a top life and health transformationalist focusing on turning your stress into success. Cutting edge research shows stress is only bad if you think it's bad. What if the impact of stress could be turned around with your mindset? If we change our mindset, stress could transform from a barrier to a resource to make us more productive, healthier, and happier. Vicky brings more than 20 years of experience from the corporate world. As a former executive vice president and chief marketing officer responsible for offices in London, Sydney, Beijing, and Shanghai, she understands the pressure and stress that comes with being at the top. Vicky is also a published author with her book titled No Mistakes, How You Can Change Adversity into Abundance. And I've asked Vicky to join us today to help shed some light on how we can turn what most people think is a strain on their life, stress, into fuel for our fire and a way to do more with our stress. So Vicky, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure chatting with you. How are you doing today? Daryl, thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful and honored to have this opportunity to share this information. So thank you. I know. I was getting all excited when you were just telling me about it because stress is such a hot topic. It's something we all have. It's something that's not going away anytime soon. And if there's a way I can get more out of my day and, even, and just just from a shift in mindset, I'm all for it. I mean, when you were talking last time, you were starting to vibrate. I was getting so jazzed. And it's funny because shortly after... I watched uh, an interview with Tony Robbins and Peter, I always I always get his name wrong, Peter Diamandis. Peter Diamandis, yeah. Right, Diamandis. And they were talking about how they use stress. It wasn't the whole focus of the interview, but there was a talk and they were kind of just, it was people, Joe Polish was interviewing them and asking uh, just things like how they approach things differently. And you could just see, after talking to you, I could see it in the way they spoke. So I'm super excited to get into this, but... Um, before we even get into that, I want to know a bit more about your background and career because I know for you, you're very passionate about helping entrepreneurs with this, having come from that background yourself. Now, before you were a, a, a CMO and working at the top tiers and managing all these offices, how did you even get started in business? Like, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? Like, how did you, how did you even get going into this world? It's a great question. Thank you for asking. And I grew up in Indiana uh, from a small town. Uh, I was the first person in my family to ever go to college. I recognized at a very young age that money was really a struggle for my family. And there were some things that I knew at a very young age, you know, like age 12 and 14. I'm like, wow, I don't want to live like this. <laughs> I don't know how to change it, but I know I'm going to change my life somehow. So the first step for me was education. I found a way to uh, work my way through college. I was the first person to graduate from college in my family and my entire history of my family. So I didn't really come from an entrepreneurial family. Actually, quite the opposite. 
um, there were, were a lot of struggles and strains and um, a lot of turmoil in my childhood. And then uh, I realized that I had I had to make some changes. So I had to get really resourceful. I'd had to become very tenacious. And I think growing up with that type of a childhood, I, I gained the skills to become a successful leader because I was willing to work hard and I was willing to be incredibly resourceful. So my path to become executive vice president and chief marketing officer I studied sports marketing and exercise physiology. I was really interested in health and how the body worked. I worked for the Indiana Pacers. I ended up in marketing for the Indiana Pacers because at that time they didn't let women in the locker room. So oh. I uh, moved into marketing and I uh, had a great 10-year career. It was a wonderful opportunity to learn how to execute events of 22,000 people, how to market and sell and all the different parts of uh, an organization. And so I had amazing, wonderful mentors. While I was with the Pacers, I went back and got my MBA. And then I uh, also did some work for an airline. I negotiated sports sponsorships all across the country. So I did some work with the NFL, uh, teams in the NBA, the Major League Baseball, hockey, golf, cultural events all around the country. So I had a really cool, interesting first 12 years of my career. I then made a uh, move out to Los Angeles. I started working for Los Angeles Tourism, and I handled uh, marketing and business development for the city of LA, the tourism department. And I loved Los Angeles. I really embraced all of it. Uh, I was working a very long amount of hours. I reported directly to the president and I knew that I had to work really hard or I put that pressure on myself to work really hard to develop this new department and to create uh, all of this income to help more promote uh, Los Angeles all around the country. I then made a move to, after about five years there, I made a move to Newport Beach. And then I was the executive vice president and chief marketing officer for Newport Beach. So I was responsible for marketing Newport Beach for tourism all around the world. I also marketed Newport Beach for meetings and events. I marketed all the events that took place in Newport Beach, like the film festival and the yacht race and the Christmas boat parade. And I was uh, responsible for helping to advise the small businesses in that community on how to better market themselves so that we could really take advantage of all of the tourism and the impact of people visiting our city. So I had a great career. And to most people, you know, a 20-year career and being the executive vice president and chief marketing officer of one of the most luxurious, beautiful cities in the country um, was a dream come true. And, and I was really grateful and I loved my life. I just took a moment to recognize my grandmother is 88, my great aunt is 93. And I thought, wow, I've worked for all of these other people all of my life. I wonder what it would be like if I took a leap of faith to do my own thing. And it wasn't just that I had that thought it was that I was also experiencing a number of health issues related to stress. I didn't say anything to anyone because, of course, I had it all. So I was very quiet about being diagnosed with fibromyalgia, having a lack of energy, being irritable, having difficulty sleeping, not being able to wake up on time. And it was all I could do to drag myself out of bed, get myself in the car through traffic to work, and then try to be on and productive for all the different things that I was responsible for, and then find a way to just get home, fall into bed exhausted, and do it all again the next day. So 
that was stress for me was an indicator that I needed to change something in my life. It's why I'm so passionate about it now. Um, but that was my journey. I recognized that creating career success and financial success wasn't exactly the key to a full um, life of happiness. Right. And that is so true. That is so, so true. In fact, your message is probably resonating with some people listening to this. I personally know a lot of people that I've been able to speak to behind closed doors and you know, they would have achieved something people would thought was impossible, but then they go home and they're unhappy with themselves, you know, and right. it's so funny because um, what what matters to some people doesn't matter to others. And it's, 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 there's more deeper meaning to that. Like money, money that, well, actually I read an article saying money does buy happiness up to about a hundred thousand dollars a year, because at that <laughs> point at a hundred thousand dollars a year, you can afford your medical bills. You can, if you want a boat, you might not have the fanciest boat, but you can have something, you know, you can have a canoe, you know, like by the time you get there, you can kind of afford everything. But even before that, you know, it's not, money's not everything by all means. Um, and so I think that's one, it's, 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 I think, I hope it's eye opening to the audience. Like we all want to grow our businesses. Everyone here wants to make lots of money and grow their businesses and be successful, but it's not just about financial success. It's about having, a, it's not worth it. Right. Like for well, you, I mean, it, it, it also doesn't mean that you need to like quit your job, get divorced and go teach yoga somewhere. You know, like you define what success really means to you. And I think that's where I had to get to was a point of recognizing that, yeah, I do like luxuries of life. I do like having nice things. I do like traveling. I like being comfortable, paying my bills and I like having success, but there was this part of my life that I felt like was missing. And so I think you can have financial success and be, um, work for a company that you enjoy and do have a job that you enjoy. You can have financial success and be an entrepreneur. Uh, but you also have to be really real with yourself about how you're, uh, defining what success is to you in all areas of your life. And that you're not just following societal expectations because somebody else told you, you should be doing this and you should be happy. So that's what I had to do. I had to redefine success for myself. And I also had to take a look at how I wanted my life to, how I wanted to create my life. Mm, I think that's really important. I remember reading an article. I cut this thing out of the newspaper and I shared it. And I think I just opened up like my Facebook profile at the time. And I shared this picture I took of a, of a cutout I took of this magazine, of this newspaper thing. And it was shared over a thousand times. And at the same time, I think I had like 30 friends. I was like shocked, but it mm. was the top regrets, of the dying. And you just hit one of them. And so it was like after years in palliative care, this nurse put together a short list of all the all the regrets people had on their deathbed. And it mm -hmm. came down to these five things. One, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And you just mm. hit that nail on the head. The other one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Next was, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Then I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends and that I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of ties in with what you're talking about here, because for a lot of people, they're afraid of stress. They shy away from stress. They're, they're, you know, scared or they walk away from stressful situations, but that's not the real case, is it? It's not something we should be afraid of. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, according to conventionalism, stress is a killer and it really causes a lot of threats to the mind and the body and it steals your focus, your time, your energy and your health. And so when we look at stress and, and how we're living our life, 
And we also take a look at that article, the top regrets of the dying, you know, courage to live your life, not a life that you think someone else is expecting you to live, um, to do the things that you love, to have happy feelings and um, express your feelings and to stay in touch with your friends and just to be happier. I think so often we get really trapped or stuck in, oh my God, I have to do X, Y, Z, these things. And I think that we sort of create this self-fulfilling prophecy of being extremely busy as an excuse to not do those things, those regrets of the dying. So, you know, I think the first thing to think about is um, what is stress? And, and, you know, one of the things that we should do is get everybody on the same page with what is stress. And then let's look at how it can impact your physical, your mental, and your emotional well-being, how your body responds to stress. And then what are your beliefs about stress? Because as you mentioned, and as we talk about, you can turn stress into success. And how do you really do that? It's, it's first taking a look at your thoughts and your beliefs about stress, taking a look at how other people like Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis use stress to fuel themselves, to fuel their work. And then uh, I'm happy to share a few tips on how to actually change your mindset and turn your stress into success as well. But, um, but yeah, I think just having some awareness and some real clarity around the definition and, and how it impacts you is going to make a big difference because then people have that understanding and they can start looking at things a little differently. Mm. Yeah. So right now, I, I guess that's the perfect place to start. So defining it because when people think stress, it's a sense of pressure or of urgency um, or of overwhelm due to what's going on in the environment around you. True, true. And, and actually, when you define stress, it's a specific response by the body to a stimulus. Stimulus might be fear or pain or an accident or something, but this specific response by the body disturbs or interferes with your normal physiological function, your normal balance, and it isn't good or bad. So often we make the assumption that, oh my God, I'm stressed. It's bad. I have to eliminate it. Again, that's thoughts, you know, kind of catapulting us into this environment. But really, your stress is your body's way of responding to a threat or a demand. And your nervous system responds. Your body is actually very miraculous in the way that it does this. Um, but it gets you prepared, energized, focused. Um, it turns on that fight or flight system. So that if you have, you know, let's think of there are three primary types of stress. Physical stress, um, which are events like a car accident or a fall or an injury. Uh, or even an environmental condition like extreme cold or extreme heat or um, lack of food or water. So physical stress is one type of stress. The second type of stress is chemical stress. This could include um, pollutants or toxins. It could include viruses like the flu or drugs or allergens, even like food allergies. So a chemical stress can impact your, your physical well-being. And then the third type is emotional stress. Emotional stress may include concerns about time or money or your career or your relationship or the loss of loved one. But the really important thing to remember, all three of these types of stress, the body will respond in exactly the same way, which is the fight or flight, right? We've all heard of fight or flight. We know like, oh, stress, fight or flight. That's what we do. 
But when we realize that your body is going to respond to a car accident in the same way as it will you worrying about your mortgage or your relationship or a fight you had yesterday with your spouse. So your body is going to turn on that system no matter what type of stress is stimulating you, right? And there are a lot of stressors. So, you know, traffic is a biggie, <laughs> especially yep. out here in California. Yep. Um, a relationship, uh, that's if you have an argument or you're worrying about a relationship or what if this or what if that. Um, bills, finances are huge stressors. Worrying about the stack of bills or worrying about debt, worrying about your retirement, um, putting in long hours at work, career is a big stressor. So, And even just fear of the unknown. Right. People oh, are just yeah. afraid of like, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. You know, there's a lot right, of people that, you know, right. just silly fears. And, and, and so many of these fears don't even transpire. But, you know, sometimes people are worried about a promotion or getting passed over for a promotion. Or maybe they got the promotion. Now the responsibility is so much more than they expected. They're stressing about that. Or they're not getting sleep and they're at three in the morning looking at the ceiling going, oh, my God, I have to be back at work in a few hours, you know, and I'm going to have no sleep. And, I'm gonna, and they just get themselves going into this rush. And then there are all these health issues that are related to stress as well. And so when you start looking at, you know, headaches and sleep issues and irritability, digestive disorders, weight gain, muscle tension, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, all these other things are really directly correlated to stress. So it's easy to say, oh, wow, stress is bad when you start looking at these things. Um, and when you look at the number of people, I have some stats here if you want. I'll share a couple of them because they're sort of interesting. Eight out of 10 people report having moderate to high stress. 42% of Americans report lying awake at night due to stress. One million Americans skip work each day due to stress-related issues. So imagine what the productivity at our corporations are like if one million people are missing work every single day. Right. That's almost the whole population of the U.S. A million people a day, 365 days a year, that's 365 million. Right? Right? It's amazing when you really start doing the math on this and start looking at the numbers. 70 to 90% of all primary care doctor visits are directly correlated to a stress-related issue. Up to 90% of doctor visits are related to stress. So of course you start thinking like, oh my God, stress is bad. So of, of course we're going to feel like we're trapped or we're stuck or there's no way out of this. And I think a lot of people get into that into that mode. And, and clearly the traditional view is that stress is bad. And given the health issues and the stats that I just mentioned, it can be very bad. But there is some new research that indicates that you have a lot more control than you might think. And you might actually be able to rid yourself of some of these stressors or stress-related issues without medicine or popping a pill and that type of thing. So that's what I think is really exciting. So let me ask you, um, and this is might be a bit of a pointed question, but so we've got these three stressors, physical, chemical, and emotional stress, and our body responds to them all the exact same way. And these stressors are the precursors for all these diseases and ailments. So how can we turn stress into success? 
how do you know what I mean? Like if your body well, responds, first I think it's a great question. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's look at let's. It's a great question, and and so first let's have a really clear understanding of what goes on in the body because if the body responds to stress in the same way, and we all think we know what fight or flight is, let's just break that down. So let's break it down into four stages. All right. Stage one, the stimuli. You know, there's something that happens. It might be an accident or a fall, or it might be a thought or an argument, or you're worrying about what if happens in the future? What, if, what, if, how am I going to pay my bills next month? You know, whatever that, that stage one is going to happen. The stimulus stage two, your brain deciphers, is this stimulus a threat? And if it determines, yes, this is a threat then stage three happens. And stage three is when the body activates and floods your system with the stress hormones. So what happens there? You have higher blood pressure, you your breathing increases, your uh, blood flow to your muscles increase and they tighten your certain parts of your brain turn on like focus. And then other systems of the body these stress chemicals also suppress. So the things that are not needed for flight or fight or flight would be your immune system. So your immune system is suppressed. Your digestive system is suppressed. Your reproductive system is suppressed. Other parts of your brain that are not needed for fight or flight, like memory, those are suppressed. So when you're in stage three and your body is flooded with these stress hormones, it's actually very miraculous because you are preparing yourself to engage in fight or flight, or you're getting your adrenaline going and your blood pumping and you're getting energized and very focused for a reason. And other systems that are not needed are turned off. So now when we look at stage three, what happens with your your systems, and then what, what typically should happen is stage four, once that threat or once that thought or, or once that, um, that concern, that stressor is over stage four is that your body returns to homeostasis to a state of balance and calmness. Once that threat is gone, this is where humans, we, in our society of anxiety don't usually get to typically we stay in stage three, which means that we're worrying about, you know, our, mortgage or we're worrying about our kids or we're worrying about the future or we're worrying about our job or we're thinking about a fight that we had with a client or her, you know, a conversation that could have gone a different way. And we stay in stage three. So now when you think about that, you stay in stage three. Now your level of stress is prolonged. Now all of these hormones are staying in the system. So now your blood pressure just remains high your blood sugar is increased, of course, that's not going to be good. And you look at all the people who are having adult onset diabetes. Well, let's look at their level of stress and how it's been over the last few years. You look at your body's ability to fight disease and infections is much lower because stress has caused your immune system to lower. Your body's ability to digest food and, and, and all of that is low because stress is causing the digestive system to stay turned off or lessen. So now you have people that have irritable bowel syndrome and um, stomach issues and ulcers and all of these things that are related to stress because the digestive system hasn't had the opportunity 
to return to a normal working state. And when your um, high cortisol levels stay in your blood, it causes an increase in fat storage, especially around the abdomen. So you look at people who have put on weight, uh, the muffin top, the belly fat, that's all related to stress. So it's so interesting when you actually start breaking down how their body responds to stress. And then you want to look at, wow, how can I turn stress into success? How can I change this? But does that make sense, the four stages? Yeah, no, that's perfect. I, I, and I appreciate that because I think just listening to that, I can think of times in my life and when things happen. I mean, first there's an event, then your brain decides what's happening and it pulls in all the data it can and then your body reacts. But what I love is that you talk about that you just mentioned there, which I kind of think hints to what the solution is. Um, and that's, you know, there's supposed to be like your body prepares for the event or for this short period of time when you need those extra resources. And after you're everything just kind of like idles down again, right? goes back to kind of calm, like you said, homeostasis. Mm -hmm. But you also said that we're not doing that. We're staying in these stress states that we're staying either over caffeinated and just, I don't even know. I mean, you, you'll probably help us, but we're not allowing ourselves to, to hit stage four. And when you said that, I was trying to think of some sort of machine, but it's just something that you don't let rest. It's something that's meant to like rev up and down instead of just stay like high revved all the time, go, go, go type thing. Yeah, it's that... like driving a Ferrari in the first gear all the time, you know, trying to get it going and it's just staying in first gear. You right. Know? So right. It's not meant to do that. It's meant to do that for a moment to get going. And then it's meant to like gear down and like you're much faster and much more productive and much healthier, you know, if you can like allow your body to return to normal balance. So let me give you an example. It's, I like um, very simple examples because it helps me just kind of keep a picture in my head. So I'll share this with you because I think it's kind of fun. So think of a zebra and the zebra is, you know, just happily grazing and enjoying life. Suddenly there's a stimulus. The lion approaches stage one stimulus. Then the brain deciphers, all right, is the stimulus a threat? It's a lion. So yes, yes. it's a threat. Stage <laughs> two, I'm going to determine it's a threat. So the zebra turns on stage three, the fight or flight response. Fight or flight turns on, stress hormones are released super fast into the zebra's body, adrenaline, cortisol, everything's pumped into the bloodstream. Certain parts of the brain are, brain are turned on to focus and find a path and find a place to hide. The breath quickens, the blood pressure increases, the blood flows to the muscles so the zebra can run super fast. The digestive system, the reproductive system, the immune system are turned down. The memory is turned down. So the, all, everything is focused on survival. The zebra runs as fast as possible. The lion is in quick chase, but the lion spots a slower deer off to the right. So the lion shoots right and goes after the deer. The zebra finally realizes that the lion is no longer a threat. The zebra then, once the coast is clear, starts to relax and goes back to grazing. It returns to balance stage four. The fight or flight system starts turning off. The body begins to return to normal. The breath returns to normal. The blood pressure lowers. The blood flow becomes normal through the body. The muscles relax. The immune system begins to work again. The digestive system begins to get back to normal. The reproductive system turns back on and gets into balance. And so if our, our bodies respond, you know, much like the zebra, any animal, we have to know that all types of stress are causing that function to happen. But the body does a really poor job of distinguishing between a life-threatening event, like a lion chasing us or a car accident, 
and those daily stressors like traffic or uh, relationships or financial issues. So if you have an argument with a loved one or you're in a traffic jam or you're looking at a pile of bills, your body is going to react as if you're experiencing a life or death situation. And if that stress response goes on and on and on and you keep worrying about it, that's when we call um, a danger. It's a chronic stress remain in stage three. So, so I think that picture is a really nice picture to help give people like, Oh yeah, if I'm a zero, I need to like take a moment. Right, 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 right. But then you're still saying the research is showing that properly using stress is allowing people to actually be healthier. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, there is some great research out there since emotional stress tends to be the one that keeps us out of balance, right? That's what we think about and worry about. And our thoughts are, often about the past, an argument, something that happened at work, a tragic event, an embarrassing moment, or something even a parent said to you 20 years ago that you just can't let go of. Right. <laughs> or our thoughts are worrying about the future. We're worrying about a mortgage. We're worrying about a future conversation with a client. We're worrying about a, a, a something we need to address with our spouse. We're worrying about a promotion or what if this happens or what if that happens, a fear, um, or we're worrying about the way things are supposed to be and they're not that way. So these, these worries and these stress chemicals keep us in that cycle. Now the research shows that if our thoughts can cause all of this emotion, emotional stress, then wouldn't it make sense that our thoughts could also change it? right? So if our current stressed out state of reality is a result of our thoughts, our feelings and our actions, if we want to change that reality, then we need to change the way that we're thinking. Most people try to change. Believe me, I've done this. I've read a ton, like 300 self-help books and I kept wondering like why they didn't work. And, you know, we most often try to change our reality without changing who we are. So if you are this person, and you're at this point in your life by the way that you've been thinking, feeling, and acting, and you want to have a different reality, you want to have better finances, better health, a better relationship, whatever, you want more out of life, wouldn't it make sense that you need to change a little bit in order to get to that next layer, that next level up to evolve a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Jim Rohn's got a great quote. He says, if you will change, the world will change for you. Exactly. I love him. He's got some really great wisdom. And if we think about our beliefs, you know, the first thing that we need to, to contemplate is our core belief system. So the conventional view is that stress is bad. Most of us worry about things. We think the thoughts that keep us in that emotional stress. And then we even further the cycle by beating ourselves up, trying to eliminate stress being mad at ourselves because we didn't go for a walk or take a yoga class or meditate. You know, we just stay in this really constant state of like beating ourselves up. But the fact is, you know, as Tony Robbins mentions, as um, Peter Diamandis mentions, our world is fast. We are on the go. We are moving. It is moving and grooving and there is a lot happening. And with technology, it's just going to keep speeding up. So it's, impossible to eliminate stress completely. And it's really tough to ignore it and even suppress it. So what if we can change our beliefs about stress? What if we can take some lessons from these amazingly successful people? There is some new research showing that stress is only bad for you when you believe it's bad for you. People in a study had, there was a control group and um, people that were told that stress is bad for you. It causes all these health issues and it's horrible, horrible, horrible. You know, they were stressed. They were put into these um, different experiments and exam 
examples and they were stressed and they had the physiological changes that stress that happens to your body. You know, your heart constricts, your blood pressure constricts and all of that. The other group was told like, hey, stress is going to energize you. Here are the positive things about it. You know, they were put in the exact same stressful situations. They didn't have the physiological response. They didn't have the heart constriction. They didn't have the high blood pressure. They used some energizing and then they got really focused and then they were able to get out of it and restore themselves. So with a little education, this group actually changed their mortality rate because if stress, people who are stressed have like a 34% higher rate of death because of heart attack and stroke and all these situations that you're keeping yourself in. And so the people that were in this control group of like, hey, stress is actually good for you. And here, let us educate you on how the body works and how you can turn it off and how you can change your thoughts. Those people didn't have the physiological impact of stress. And the same research found that those people who live with stress, they recognize it, they create some awareness around it, they create a different way to view it, they don't view it as harmful. They're actually the healthiest people of all. So it's really interesting because stress stimulates physical and neurological changes to boost your energy, to boost your confidence, to cause you to have more empathy and be more social. So those people that embrace stress and use it to fuel their efforts and um, create more uh, opportunities in their life, then they're happier, healthier, and actually much more productive. So is is there something that we can do? Like, how do we get to that? If anyone's listening to this and that's what they're thinking, they're like, great, that sounds wonderful. I would love to use that. And I, I remember we talked before and I brought up uh, Matt Frazier, who's a celebrity yeah. in the CrossFit world. He was talking about one of his interviews. This guy's finished twice a few years in a row out of like 180,000 men in a fitness competition. And he was talking about how he thrives when the pressure is on and the heat is on, how that makes him perform better. How do you get yourself to be one of those people? How do you how do you get from someone who is the opposite and thinks really negative and all, really uncomfortable when they have stress to someone who thrives and, and feeds off of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a great question, Daryl. And, you know, recognize that stress is an important signifier and it's not to be ignored. It's not to be suppressed, but stress is tapping you on the shoulder for a reason. It might be in the form of a health issue or it might be in the form of, um, something else that's going on in your, in your life, but you don't stress about things that you don't care about. So, and, and quite honestly, like we can't create a very meaningful life if we're not experiencing some type of stress, you know? So if we just have that awareness of like, Hey, it, this is important because I'm stressing about it. So there's some layer of this that's important to me. So just recognize that. But the way to, to really, I'll, I'll share, um, I'll share a few tips. I mean, I'm, I go really deep into this in my course, but recognizing that your body is very miraculous and it gives you these little taps on the shoulder with stress to help you recognize that there's a deeper rooted problem or issue. And so there is an alternative to fight or flight and you can actually rise to the challenge to create greater success in your life because when you experience stress, you can take a few steps to then let it go and allow your body to return to balance. That's really the trick is to return to balance. So the first step is awareness. So acknowledge when you have a stressor, acknowledge when you experience it, don't ignore it, don't suppress it. But the biggest thing is don't react to it. Just like take a moment. Where, what area of your life is this stress impacting? Your health, your career, your finances, or your relationship? Where in the body are you feeling stressed? Because 
there are some deeper indicators. If you're experiencing stress in a certain part of your body, it's actually pointing to a certain area of your life. Really? And so the first thing is awareness, awareness around, okay, I'm aware that like, I am, I am being stressed right now. (laughs) You know, I haven't, I'm having a moment. Step number two is to pause. So when we pause, we're able to have what we call is metacognition. You're able to separate yourself and, and view what you're thinking about from a, from a faraway place. So the energy of you, step away from yourself. Be aware of what you're thinking about, what you're believing, contemplate, find ways to reframe it, and count to 10. Like, just take a pause. List, of, list three things you're grateful for. Um, if you have the time, journal a little bit and write down what's stressing you and look at different perspectives. Look at the different perspectives from everyone else involved. Um, list the benefits that could come from this. And, you know, just take 10 minutes a day to be grateful or just take a count of 10 or take three things that you're grateful for. It's going to really help you just get to a more heart-centered place. And then come, then comes step number three, which is, it's going to sound a little crazy, but welcome the stress. Recognize that it's a natural response to something that you care deeply about, and it's appearing for a reason. You either need to get productive or focused or get on it. <laughs> and you know that this stressor or this problem is rarely the problem. Traffic is rarely the problem. There's something else going on. That guy at work that keeps bugging you, if that keeps happening over and over, it's rarely the problem. It's something else that's pointing to a deeper issue, something that you care deeply about more often. And I go into this in much greater depth in my course, but it's pointing to a core issue like not being good enough or things never go your way or not feeling worthy. So you're having to work longer hours to make up for that feeling of not being worthy. You know, nobody loves you. You know, these really core, core, core things often are the the deeply seated things that are causing the stress. So look at when you're welcoming the stress in part number three, look at, hey, has this happened in the past? Is this a recurring problem? And recognize the problem or the symptom is pointing to something different. You don't have to figure that all out on your own right away, but just recognize that there could be some things that are deeper seated here that we need to address in order for that stress to relieve itself and to, and to go away. Are there people that you can talk with or engage with in a positive communication? What are some positives that could come from this situation? Uh, Stress sometimes inspires a sense of community. And so socialize and, and see friends or family and put your focus somewhere else. But just welcome it in a way that um, know that it's there for a reason and it's trying to get you to see something different or deeper. Number four is to make use of that energy. So what outcome do you want? What are the ways that you can use all of this energy? How can you be more productive? How can you be healthier? How can you be happier? Can you go for a walk? Can you do some yoga? Can you do exercise? Um, The Cooper Institute talks about exercise just 12 minutes a day, and it's going to make such a big difference in how you view and address stress and embrace it in your life. And then let it go. Step number five is let it go. Move to a better place. Try and stay in the moment, not worrying about the future, not worrying about the past, but move into a better place. Step toward a greater a view of what you want your life to be in your health, your finances, your relationships, and your career. Eliminate those things that are not 
important in moving you toward that vision that you have and really start creating the life that you envision. Maybe it's a vision board. Maybe it's a mind movie. Maybe it's by creating some music or art or doing things that make you happy. Maybe it's writing down what you want your life to really be like. Maybe it's bringing that emotion to the forefront and feeling that you already have this new outcome. Um, create this new reality in your in your mind and then recognize that that stress is there to help you step toward that new reality and then you can let, let the stressor go and so there are some really beautiful ways to do that but I feel like it might be um, that's the first you know because this is kind of just really fast and, and high level I want to give everybody uh, some things so those are five steps so having awareness pause welcome the stress find different perspectives to look at make use of that energy and then let it go and let it go is the biggest thing because you have to allow your balance your body to get back into balance maybe it's taking a bath maybe it's going for a walk maybe it's spending time in nature you know whatever it is that allows you to feel like you're getting yourself back to balance that's going to help all those systems your immune system your respiratory or your digestive system your uh, reproductive system it's going to allow all those systems your memory <laughs> to come back and work in a more normal and normal state. And you're going to feel so much better. And when you have that ability to sort of control it, you recognize that you have so much more control as to how your life goes than just allowing these things to happen to you and feeling stuck or trapped. Yeah, that's actually, I got a great quote from Tony Robbins, the same interview. He said, a lot of people feel like life is something that happens to them, but they don't realize it's actually life happens for you. And I think right. that that's great because it's, if you look at it that way, life happens for me. And even the stress is happening for me because you know what? We get up and we drive wherever we're going um, and we don't have to worry about the road for the most part. Right. Like, yeah, there might be traffic, but there's a road for us to drive on. That road didn't exist once upon a time and somebody else built it and solved that problem. And that frustration, that stressor of having to like ride with your horse and buggy and all these potholes <laughs> and stuff, that's gone. Humans, like people forget how, like as humans, we all even don't even acknowledge how fast we innovate, we grow, how many problems that we solved, even just like five years ago, 10 years ago, no longer exist today. You know, our brain, brains aren't wired to, for happiness, they're wired for survival. And so we're constantly looking for scarcity. And nobody talks about the abundance of clean air. Nobody talks about, right? Like nobody talks about the planes that successfully landed. They talk about the planes that crashed and all the pollution that there is. But that stress, like you mentioned, is a good indicator of a solution or a problem that you need to solve. And if you look at it like that, and then it's, you know, and almost, and I love that because it's basically you're stepping, removing yourself from the situation, taking a breath going, okay, why am I stressed? And getting to the core issue. And I think that kind of comes back to what we said at the beginning, where a lot of the diseases and ailments, it seems like people that get stuck in it and they don't take a step back. They don't identify what's causing the stress. They don't try to get to the core issue and they don't solve it. And so they get stuck there and they're stuck with this wheel spinning, you know, and it just, the motor burns out. And that's when these ailments come. But it sounds like stress is a natural function of our life, almost like a muscle that we're actually designed to have and use. And if you use it like a tool and like a muscle, which also needs rest every now and then, then it can actually make you a healthier and more productive and happier person. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just look at the animal kingdom. Look at the example of the zebra. You know, we are designed pretty miraculously to respond our bodies in this way. And, you know, you don't stress about things that you don't care about. So it is important. Um, but I do think that 
when you're in that, in those survival emotions, doubt, fear, anger, insecurity, judgment, competition, guilt, shame, depression, when you're in those survival emotions, it's so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you just stay in that stage three of constantly flooding your system with these stress hormones. You're constantly in that cycle of chronic stress. Your immune system stays low. Your digestive system stays low. Your reproductive system stays low. Wow, no wonder so many people are getting diseases. No wonder so many people are having a hard time getting pregnant. No wonder so many people are having stomach issues and weight gain and all of that. It's because we're just staying in stage three. So when you do have that awareness that you can step away from it and go, okay, so let me just have some gratitude here for my body signifying me that you're signaling me that this is important. And how can I look at this in a different way? And how can I start moving myself into stage four? How can I address, energize, focus, get productive? And then how can I move into stage four and let it go and get back to balance? And so um, when you're in that, those higher energy centers, those higher states of emotions, those creative emotions of presence and knowingness and being in the moment, you feel peace, you have trust that things are moving in the right direction, you feel inspired, you feel joy, you feel love, you feel gratitude. When you're in those states of emotion, those elevated emotions, those higher energy centers in your body, you have so much more ability to not only control your life, but control your health control how you're moving forward and creating your life. And it's really a beautiful opportunity to um, step into a new reality for your life. So I think we've given people some great tips and even just a great way to frame any stresses in their life. I think now one thing I'd like to just for the listeners is maybe talk about if you feel that you're stuck with a stressor that you can't get out of, you're trapped because you have kids, so you have to work this job, which means you have to be stuck in this traffic going to this route, or you've got a problem and you don't know how to solve it, and so you're stuck in this scenario that you can't get out of. First of all, I just want to say to those people, if they're listening to this, you're feeling stressed out, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like, you might be going through something, but especially if you live in a first world country, if you live in a first world country, first of all, 99% of your problems are only problems in your head. You're in a first world country. You got it. Like, you right. can mess everything up and you'll be okay. You'll have a decent life. Like, really, you know? Yeah. Just stay away from, like, addictions and, like, you know, violence and you'll be okay. But if people are stuck and stranded, I just want to go over some really easy tips just to try and get out of that, which is, one, seek out experts. Two, surround yourself with like-minded people who are looking to get out of that. Find a support group or a network. Find a mentor and a guide and the next the last one is don't stop don't just sit there and wait and wallow like do not stop if you throw full-time hours at a problem you can overcome it so for example earlier thing i mentioned if you feel that because you have kids you're trapped and you have to work this job or there's obligations on you think about those things we talked about at the beginning those big regrets don't let other people's shoulds dictate your life and you know you people don't realize how malleable their lives are and so you can actually start step out of any situation. And I guarantee a lot of things people are afraid of is never as bad as you're afraid of it being. And so I love how you kept bringing up uh, gratitude, Vicky, because gratitude is such a powerful emotion. You can't feel fear if you're feeling gratitude. You can't feel anger if you're feeling gratitude. Those emotions can't coexist. So gratitude is a great kind of... Um, Focal, Absolutely. I don't know if Absolutely. it's a focal point or what do they call that? The the Where you put the lever on the... 
the wedge. What is that? Is it a fulcrum? Is it a fulcrum? It's a great fulcrum. Yeah, a great fulcrum. For, right, for just pushing that stuff out of your life and getting you kind of back to zero. So I think that's a great, 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 great tip. And uh, apparently it can help you be one of the more healthier, happier, and productive people um, doing what you do. So absolutely no those are really great points i mean it's such a it's such a blessing to have this research there are so many great books um the upside of stress by kelly mcgonigal why zebras don't get ulcers which was my example of a zebra by uh dr robert sapolsky and um dr joe dispenza has some great books um evolve your brain and breaking the habit of being yourself and he does some great events and um oh his book you are the placebo is awesome too Thrive by Arianna Huffington, uh, Daniel Pink, A Whole New Mind. I mean, there are some great books out there and, you know, some really good opportunities for you to to seek out, you know, help and, and more guidance and deeper work. I do some uh, coaching with uh, groups of people every so often uh, as well to kind of get deeper into this and really kind of dive into the the next steps of how to make this all happen. How do you turn your life into, from stress into success? And so that's a lot of fun too. And, and like you said, find mentors, find coaches, find experts, and just don't stop. I mean, I think that, you know, you are miraculous and your body is miraculous and you have great opportunities to make changes, but don't beat yourself up. It may maybe isn't your fault because you haven't known this. So now that you have some awareness and some knowledge and some knowing um, now you're able to just start taking steps and what may have taken 40 years to transpire in your life, you know, it may not change in the next three days, but <laughs> you can start taking some steps to make it, make it change and to create more awareness. And it is a practice, you know, it is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more you use this, turn your stress into success, uh, format, then the, the better you get at it and the more you're able to create in your life, which is really cool. Mm, 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 mm. I also like how you talked about how a lot of times the stressor might actually be a deeper core issue and it might be something people aren't even aware of. Like what's the problem yeah. of what's the problem of the problem, you know? Right. Because when you said that, like that, I think that at least even for me, I know that there's some things I stress and worry about, but often I think you're right. It comes down to a deeper level. It really does because, you know, there's – I think a lot of business owners, at least for me, I think there's always a constant fear of not – if they've ever had it happen once but not being able to pay your staff or, right, not not having enough money come through the door or the, anything like that. But it if – depending on the situation you're in, you might be in a scenario where – you've got savings or, you know, you've got cash flow and all that's not an issue, then why are you still concerned about it? Why is that stress there? Why aren't you able to hit stage four and go back down to like an idol where everything's cool, you know, and that might be that there is a deeper issue. So I thought that was really pertinent. I thought that was something that everyone listening to this call may want to think about that you may think you know what the problem is that you're stressing out about, but it may be two or three layers deeper in the onion than, than you, you know, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that sometimes takes a little bit of um, working with a mentor or a coach or something like that. And um, I kind of define it like um, some people think, okay, my body doesn't work. Like the problem is with their health or my relationships don't work. So the problem is with relationships or family or, or spouse or something like that, or my finances don't work. And they're always struggling with debt or, or money. Um, or my life doesn't work. So something's happening where I never get to do what I want to do or um, things never go my way or whatever. So those are kind of four 
main issues and I start kind of dividing out like, okay, if you're having this issue or that issue, all of these issues come from basically uh, some deeper seated issues, you know, a state of unforgiveness or resentment or uh, things that happened when you were a child. And, and we can change all of those attitudes and we can change all of those things. You don't have to stay in that state. But yeah, it is, it does get into some very deep peeling back the onion a little bit of looking at where it is. Is it your body? Is it your relationships? Is it your finances? Is it your life? You know, and, and really starting to peel back the layers and then really practicing these five steps in a way that allow you to, um, get back to a state of balance and let it go and then get a little deeper and then get back to a state of balance and let it go, get a little deeper. And then suddenly you become really like, a musician or an artist and you're honing your skill and you're honing your craft. And then you have a lot of control, not only to let these things go, but now to create, which is so cool. Now you can use this type of a system, turn your stress into success. Then we get into creating success. Oh, what do we want to create in our finances? What do we want to create in our relationships? What do we want to create in our life? What do we want to create in our body and our health? And so it really becomes so fun to go through that cycle, um, to be able to help people really see how they have the control of not only getting rid of the things they feel stuck in, but also having that freedom to create what they want to create in their life. Mm, 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 mm. And just when you're talking about this, I keep in my head, I keep feeling like the biggest dangers to anyone that's feeling this is probably like isolation and inaction. Because if you isolate yourself, there's not like many hands make for light work. And so if you're isolating yourself, even though, you know, because you're ashamed or afraid or something like that, right? Like, or you're, you know, there might be people that have a stress and they just don't even want the light because they might even know subconsciously know what the issue is, but they don't want to shine light on that, right? Because it's something that it's like a monster they don't want to let out. So isolation is something to be afraid of. It, walls keep people out, but they also keep you trapped behind them. And the other one is inaction to not do anything and just sit there and think tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. So I think those are kind of two really big dangers. We're really, we're, you know, we're really, we're really accustomed to, you know, if you think about this, when we're children, we grow up and we're open and we're learning and we start getting conditioned or programmed, you know, like, oh, don't touch that. It's hot or don't do this or don't do that or whatever. We start getting conditioned or you're supposed to do this or you're not supposed to do that. Then in our twenties, we take, um, the opportunity to start expressing ourselves and, and we identify ourselves by our outside environment. And in our thirties, we're sort of climbing the corporate ladder. We're really trying to showcase who we are. We get the corner office, we get a promotion, we get a nice car, we have the perfect family and the dog and the 2.5 kids, you know, and, you know, we live in the right neighborhood and all that stuff. So we've constantly, We've constantly defined ourselves by this outside environment. And it isn't until our late 30s or early 40s and that we realize that we've experienced most of the emotions, you know, and most of those emotions and most of those experiences in life are pretty predictable. So I know that if this happens, I'm going to feel this way. And so a lot of people start determining what their next step is going to be based on the known. They stay in their comfort zone, right? They stay within their comfortable area. Well, all I know is this job, I've done it for 20 years. I don't know what else I could do. They're afraid of the unknown. And so when we stay in that comfort zone, but we're feeling depressed, we're feeling stressed, we're having health issues, uh, we're, you know, 
isolating ourselves. We're saying, oh, we're too busy to go to a dinner. We're too busy to hang out with our friends. We're too busy to see our family. Oh, sorry, I have to work. You know, we take on all of this quote unquote responsibility, but it's because we know, and we, we're, we're often so much more comfortable. Why does a woman stay in, a, in an abusive relationship? You know, it's comfortable. She's so scared of the unknown that it's more comfortable to stay in what she knows, even though it's horrible. And so, you know, and, and there are so many examples of that, but why do people stay in a job that they don't like? Because they're afraid of the unknown. And what I do with, with my work with my clients is, you know, we start really looking at where stress is showing up and why, and we start digging into these deeper layers. And often, you know, it's the source of that quote unquote midlife crisis. I think that's a very real thing for men and women because around age, you know, 38, 40, 45, 50, we know everything and we've defined ourselves by this outside environment. So then we want more stimulus to give us more feeling. And so we need a bigger boat. We need a nicer house. We go on more luxury trips. We want to show off a little bit more because we're still trying to define ourselves by our outside environment. But it's harder to do that because we know all of these emotions. And so we're still trying to seek some unknown, but we don't know how to do it. And we're trying to stay in our comfort zone. It's when a real source of stress starts occurring after age 40. And um, we start experiencing experiencing health issues, stress is tapping us on the shoulder to change something in our life. And it's really that time to address, wow, how can I redefine success? How can I redefine how I live my life? What is it that I want? I've lived my life for everybody else for what my parents told me to do or what my spouse told me to do or whatever. And now is my time. My kids are off to college. Who am I? How do I redefine myself? It's a point of real contention for a lot of people. And it is a time when a lot of people turn to addiction, more wine, more beer, you know, or they turn to um, infidelity or they turn to um, isolation and depression. And so I think it's a really crucial time that people need to start recognizing that stress is tapping you on the shoulder for a reason. These health issues are health issues are showing up for a reason. Um, the financial issues are showing up for a reason. We need to look at a deeper seated issue here. And then once we can resolve that, well, we can let it go and we can start creating and we create the life we want, but it's having somebody that can guide you through those steps so that you're able to do that with a little bit of awareness of, um, sort of a path of, of what, what to do next and how to first let go of some things so that then you can really free up that space and that energy to, to create what it is, the life that you really want to define for yourself. And that's when you have, you know, the person on their deathbed saying, wow, I went slip sliding and a crazy ride into this. And I'm so happy for all the choices that I made. I had the courage to live my life. I had a work that I loved loved. I had feelings I was able to express with people. And I told people how much I love them. I had amazing friends that were empowering and impactful in my life. And I'm happier than I could have ever imagined. And that's the life that we want to live. You don't want to have regrets on your dying bed. You want to be able to be like, wow, I really did it, you know, and, and just have those emotions of just joy and gratitude and love and just be inspiring to other people and feel inspired yourself. So well said. Vicki, that was so well said. And this topic, I mean, my head is spinning. I've got a ton of questions, but I know I want to be respectful of your time. I want to ask, like, what are the different areas of the body that stress has and all that? 
Um, cause that was really curiosity provoking, but do you, do you go over all that? You've got like a free video course and that, that people can sign up for. Um, yeah, yeah. I have, um, a, I do a three part video. It's kind of like an introductory series. It's a three part video, video, um, course. And I usually sell that for $197, but, um, for your listeners, I'll just give that to them for uh, free. They'll just go to uh, my website, vickihiggins.com at the bottom, just put in your name and email address. Um, I'll send you a quick little letter to kind of recap some of the things we talked about, and then I'll send you three, the three video course. Um, it's just kind of a quick intro to this. It gets a little deeper into the types of stress and, and what might be your stressors and how to understand, you know, what parts of the body are um, experiencing stress and why, and it'll talk you through some of the stages. I kind of go through the mind, body, spirit aspect of this. And uh, the video course will give you a little bit more info on um, how it all works. And so it's really, uh, it's a lot of fun. There's short videos, so it's pretty easy uh, to follow. And it's kind of a step-by-step process. And, you know, that'll give your listeners something to get them a little deeper into this. That's awesome. So if anyone, if this resonated with anyone, if this is something that you're uh, either struggling with or addressing or getting uh, committed to getting on top of, you can go to www.vickivickihiggins.com, sign up there, get those free videos. Um, Vicky, this has actually been really great because it's just reinforcing that whole concept of mind over matter concept that we are, we do shape our destinies, the concept that uh, our, we are bigger than any problem that we may feel is, is, is haunting us. And so I think that's one that's empowering, but it's also kind of exciting to know that if you're willing to step up, that you can actually turn this into almost a superpower where you can yeah. use your stress to make you bigger, better, stronger, you know, and, um, it's just a really great topic because I think, and it's a great message for people to hear. I mean, even if they're not interested in learning more or whatever, I think it's just a great reminder for people. Um, and maybe they want to revisit this call of future because even for me, when we first talked even about doing this call, I'd had a day and in my morning was a little stressful, nothing serious, but it was so, it was very refreshing to be like, right, like I do have this stress, but. And I, I feel like I'm fortunate enough that I do have a, a good mentality around stress, but it was just a great reminder. And um, I just think this is a really valuable topic. And I hope everyone on the call, well, I know everyone on the call has gotten benefit. I hope they took some notes and I just hope they make a commitment to just addressing that for themselves and maybe even their loved ones, trying to help them better manage stress because it's, you know, humans, as humans, we're so powerful. And with great power comes great responsibility, to quote <laughs> Spider-Man. Right. But it's just that. And if it's almost like a sword. And if you don't wield it, you know, it, it can turn on you type thing. And so this is something that I think is definitely looking into more. So, but I do want to be respectful for your time. So, Vicky, thank you so much for joining us and sharing with the listeners today. Uh, I know you could be doing 101 other things. So I appreciate it. I know the listeners appreciate it. And I just want to wish you and your loved ones all the best. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share. And uh, I really appreciate you um, sharing this with with all of the people who uh, love and respect you and are trying to create great success in their lives. And I love hearing from people. So I'm open to like receiving, hey, if this made an impact, or if you uh, were able to shift something in your life, you know, send me an email and let me know about it. I love uh, hearing great success stories and testimonials from people who uh, have had an aha moment. So those are awesome too. You can find that on my site. But thank you so much. I'm just really grateful and just deeply honored to have you share this message with people. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Vicki. You've reached the end of our interview. 
Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.